Thank you. How is everyone? Um, Brother Ray said it. Uh, I thought about it, and I thought, well, I'm not going to do that. You, you, if you weren't here, you missed it. Um, but we'll just do it because he said it. Go ahead and close your eyes. Everybody, close your eyes. Get everything out of your hands. Nothing in your hands. Nothing in your hands. No cell phones. No guests. All right, take your fingers and begin to, to, no rhythm needed, just do it. Keep your eyes closed. Okay, do you hear that? All right, stop. What do you hear now? Okay, close your eyes. Do it one more time. Growing up, growing up, my first song I ever sang in church was, It's beginning to rain. Hear the voice of my father. He's saying, Whosoever will come and drink from this water. He's promised to pour his spirit out on your sons and your daughters. If you're thirsty and dry, look up to the sky. It's beginning to rain. So there was no sound of rain in the room, but you created a sound. There was no sound until you created Sounds eerily reminiscent of a story that I read one time. Talks about darkness hovering over the face of the deep and then God spoke. And out of that declaration, creation. So there was nothing and then you started to do something. And you created a sound. It's not just us clipping our fingers snapping our fingers it's actually a prophetic declaration of rain does that make sense um, I'm not going to I'm not going to belay I'm not going to you know go, go long on this I just wanted to, to say a couple things um, to recap just so you know where we're at if you weren't here if you weren't here uh, you can go online and listen to the audio um, but we talked about prophetic worship and what prophetic worship is as it, it is releasing uh, the sounds of heaven. Uh, we, went through, we went through how there was a shift from the house of Saul to the house of David and how David actually established 24-7 worship and had over 400 skilled musicians and, and, uh, and skilled singers who actually sang to the Lord and played to the Lord all the time and never stopped. Um, and that, that, that's something that we, we read in, in Acts where the Lord is going to rest, restore that. It's going to be restored, uh, that the tabernacle of David is going to be restored. And we said this, what is prophetic worship? And we stated that product, prophetic worship was simply singing and playing instruments and ministering under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. Prophetic worship is simply singing, playing and singing and playing instruments and ministering 
under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. That it releases new sounds, it releases new songs. In its purest form, it reflects God's glory in us so that others can know and see his love. I, uh, I read to you a quote that said this, Every time creativity occurs, God reveals another facet of his nature. Every time creativity occurs, God reveals another facet of his nature. So we started to talk about how in this house we want to begin to understand our DNA and who we are and write songs from that place. Every time we do that and we release creativity, we're actually releasing another facet of his nature. It's kind of how these, these beings can go around the throne constantly that have eyes all over their body. And as they go around with every revolution that they go around, they get a new revelation about the one they're beholding. Because there, there is no end to who he is. There, there is no beginning. There is no, there is no I've figured him out. There is no, I understand him. I can, I can see everything about. No, no, no. Every time you gaze upon him, every time you look into him, that you can get another revelation of the uncreated one. So every time creativity occurs, God reveals another facet of his nature. We said that we get the privilege of getting to see him in ways that no other generation has ever seen him. Prophetic worship connects our hearts with the heart of God. I, a couple of people came to me last week at the end of service. I'm going to recap these. They're going to be really quick. If you don't get them, there's a couple of people in here who got them, so you can get them from them. Prophetic worship, we said this, can do any or one, one or any of these 13 things. It can release and reveal the heart of the Father. It can capture a moment of adoration and lift it higher. I don't know, did you guys see that happen Sunday morning? At the, after, after pastor finished ministering, and then we came in and we, we began to declare, he's talking about who is this Jesus, and we came in and, we, and, and Evangeline, in her awesomeness, began to sing about what a beautiful name it is. Did you notice how he, uh, he spoke on something, he declared something, he talked about something, and then in a moment, prophetic worship can come in, and it can actually take a moment of adoration, it can take a moment that's going on, and actually lift that environment and lift it higher. Right? So it was, it was never intended for it to be a song service and now sit down. We got it out of the way. Now let's get to the real ministry. <laughs> Does that make sense? No, we were, we, were, we were intended, it was always intended for these things to ebb and flow together. It'll be fun one day whenever we get to stand up there the whole time. And the musicians, I have to give everybody chairs and stools. Honestly, you said, Jared, why would you do that? Because there are moments that happen in God. There are moments that happen in worship. And, and, and I, I, I tell the musicians, you have to be listening. You have to be paying attention. I don't just want you to play your instrument. I want you to prophetically play your instrument. Because in, the mo in, in a moment during a song, 
God can release something, a grace for something, release revelation for something, and a song needs to shift and go into a different direction, or it may need to, it may need to build in a particular way. And if you catch what's going on in the atmosphere, it actually releases something. This is another point in here. It actually releases something that begins to break. It'll break something. But if you're just playing an instrument and if you're just singing, what happens is you may recognize it, but you may recognize it too late. And very rarely, very rarely, if you miss a moment in a corporate gathering in that time, very rarely do you ever get that moment back. That's why we have, that's why we have to be... Uh, we have to not just be playing. We have to not just be singing. We have to not just be worshiping. We have, to be, we have to be doing all these things while listening. Right? So that, 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 that happened. Uh, it lifted an environment higher on Sunday. Three, that it releases impartations from God. It can break open. Uh, number four, it can break open the heavens over a people and over a territory. Just to, just to, I don't want to get stuck here, but I was at a conference. We were doing a, a youth conference in Bradenton, Florida. And I, I traveled with a guy named Eddie James, if you guys didn't know that. And we, we were doing this youth conference. And, you know, Eddie's just, he's just awesome. <laughs> like, he does things that I want to smack him because I can't do them. <laughs> so I'm like, you're a jerk. <laughs> oh, okay, anyway, no, okay, all right. So, I mean, I mean, jerk respectfully. Um, and we're in this conference, and it's just one of those things like, you know, the dancers are doing, doing their thing. And, it, you know, there's just tons of energy with an Eddie James service, right? It's just, it's incredible. And nothing, I mean, it's just, it just seems like these young people who are at a conference for them are just kind of like, you know what I'm saying? Like, it, there's just, they're good people, nothing bad with them. They just, it's, there's something there. And I'll never forget it. I'll never forget it. We're, we're doing something, and Eddie's just holding, let's just say we're holding out in a key here. And, and let's just say in that key we're doing, uh, let's just, for, this, for the last song, we're doing spirit come, spirit come, okay? All right. He didn't say a word. He wasn't saying, he wasn't saying a word. He actually just lifted up a shout. But it was like this. So if it, it would be kind of like going, oh, and then going, oh, and this big, beautiful black man, he, <laughs> with all of his dreads, he let out this shout, and it was almost like the passion of the Christ when you see it torn, the veil, and it just drops. Everything that was resisting just dropped. And it was like a bomb just went off. And the presence of God just began to sweep through. His room. It, was, it was incredible. I got back to his room. I walked in. I looked at him and I went. He just stared at me because he knows I'm going to say something sarcastic to him. And um, luckily we didn't have a jar on the road. Um, and I looked, I looked at him and I said, how are you going to flip a note? And just yell and shatter everything in the room. And he just, he, he's got his big belly. He's got his hands here. He just starts going. <laughs> what happened? There was a moment where prophetic worship was going. There was an atmosphere. He was listening for things to go. He released something and it broke it. 
Isn't that awesome? It can release healing power. It can push back and break the power of the enemy. Everybody missed this one last week, number seven. It can release deliverance and breakthrough. Prepares hearts to receive the word of God. It can sing forth the redemptive plans of God and the love of the Father. It can release the sounds of the Lord. It can bring forth new sounds. It can loose revival, fire, and glory. It can prepare hearts for life-changing encounters with God. Why, I said this, I said, why do we do, what's the point? What, why do we do worship? Why do we need to have prophetic worship? And we went, we went into 1 Samuel uh, chapter 10 where Samuel talks to Saul. He says, you're going to come off the mountain. There's going to be a band of prophets, the first band. Of, there's going to be a band of prophets. They're going to begin to play, and the Spirit of God is going to come out of you, and you're going to turn into a new man. And it happened. It was important, the reason we said that is because we're going to begin to release something into the atmosphere and there's going to be a band of singers, musicians, band of prophets. We're going to begin to release sounds and the people that come around into that environment and begin to hear that and be in that, they're going to be changed into new people. Prophetic worship plays a vital role in establishing culture. Apostle Ray has has taught us, and one of the things he's taught me from the very beginning uh, of just being around him is what is culture? It's the environment that things grow in. I said that right, didn't I? Okay. (laughs) Culture is simply an environment where things grow. So prophetic worship plays a vital role in creating an environment where we can grow. Creating an environment where the kingdom and the presence of God can expand. Over over a group of people, over a church, in a region, over a territory, over a state, over a country. Yes, I said country. You said, Jared, we don't see countries. We will. And it reminds me of a story of a man named Evan Roberts. Where an incredible revival happened in Wales. And they saw almost the entire nation turn to Jesus. I mean, this this was a thing where, where criminals would come to the police station, turn themselves in. Say what they did. And they're like, why are you telling us? And the criminal said, we know God's going to tell the church. <laughs> Literally, prostitute houses became houses of prayer. Seriously, a whole nation said, you know, whenever people asked him, because people always want to figure out what you did to get what you have. Why? Because they want it too. <laughs> right? So when people said, how can we get this in our country? How can we do this? Evan Roberts said something pretty awesome. He, said, he asked him a question. He said, can you sing? This is, this, I'm not making this up. This is documented. You can look it up. They asked him. He said, can you sing? He said, because if you can sing, you can have revival. 
Now, he didn't jump into explaining prophetic worship, but he understood the heart of God in a time that nobody was going to be talking about prophetic anything at that moment, okay? Nobody was, nobody was trying to expand and, and teach and learn and all that. No, they were just giving people Jesus and setting people free. But he tapped into understanding that there's something about when I sing, there's something about worship that creates an atmosphere, creates a culture to where people can walk into that environment and become a new man. Isn't that good? Isn't that good? We, 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 we said this, at least one-third of our corporate worship experience should be a prophetic flow. This is where we ended. You say, well, Jared, that's, that, that's great. That's your opinion. And, you know, you're, you're a musician, you're a worshiper, and we tolerate you because you people are weird. Um, and it's great that you think it should be that way. It's not my idea. Ephesians 5.19 says, speaking to one another in psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs, making a melody in your heart to the Lord. So one-third of our worship should be spontaneous. I don't know if you noticed tonight, I, I tried to make sure because we, 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 we're in a cadence and we're going in a direction on, on, our, on our Sunday morning services. That we're going into a direction and, and, I, I, and I'm, ex, I'm actually very excited about that. I'm very excited about the creativity and being able to organize and put things together. But I love moments whenever it's supposed to be the congregation of the assembly, the fellowship of the upright. I, I love those moments that we can all get together and we can wait for a moment. God, what are you saying? What are you doing? And that's what I was trying to do in those moments. I don't know if you noticed at the end of the songs, I was just, I was waiting for a moment. I'm not trying to make anything happen. Just, Lord, what do you want to say? Is there anything else you want to do in that moment? What are we doing? We're allowing space and opportunity for there to be a flow. Why? Because what he wants to do is a whole lot more important than what we want to do. We're, do, we're doing our best to tap into the heart of God and understand where he's going. Right? I can assure you there's never been a pastor in the history of the world or a worship leader in the history of the world that says, I just want to pick songs that just are flat. And nobody receives and it's just awful. Nobody does that. On purpose. <laughs> nobody, <laughs> uh, nobody does that on purpose. Right? It's kind of like that Monday morning quarterback thing. Like, well, you shouldn't have thrown it over there. Well, yeah, dummy. If he knew it was going to get intercepted and ran back and they were going to lose, he wouldn't have thrown it over there either. <laughs> right? Right? So we tap, we tap, we tap in. We, we're, we're allowing opportunity and moment to tap in and say, Lord, where are you going? Because we, we want to go where you're going. Amen? Anybody... Anybody tired of going where you've went by yourself? Also, y'all are all Jesus's their cousins. You guys have all you've all you, I've always followed the cloud, Jared. I've never done church just because. No, no, no. We we want to do. God, what are you? What are you saying? What are you doing? Because we'll change everything to go where you're going. Because we've went without you. Because we've went without you before. And we've, we've started going with you. And that feels a lot better. Amen? Nurturing a culture of prophetic 
in a church is challenging. <laughs> Dina laughs. It's challenging. Let's go into prophetic worship. It's challenging. Why? Because there's a war over sound in the church. I love it whenever I pull into churches and church people pull in with their music. And it's just as loud. I mean, you're singing. If you're not cussing somebody out, you know, that, not you guys, just, you know, people. You're just singing. Music's so loud. I mean, new car series, new, new systems in cars are like, I, I was driving my buddy's truck the other day because that mom was not worried. I got his truck. I turned his truck on. Hit my stereo system, two little, you know, they're off there, you know, they're busted. So, the, as, as, and I, so I'm thinking, turn it up. I turn his up. <laughs> hey, that's what speakers sound like. That's <laughs> just as loud as can be. And then we come into the house of God, not being ugly, not being ugly, not being ugly. I'm not being critical. Okay? And then we come to the house of the Lord, and it's just kind of like, that's just, mm, it's just too loud. It's too much. I'm not being ugly. And I really want to be careful. Listen, I've been a part of that group of people that bashes the body of Christ. I'm not bashing the body of Christ. I refuse to get to heaven and Jesus look at me and say, what would you say about my wife? Okay, I'm not being ugly. I just learned so much from Apostle Ray when he started to talk about the sound in the heavenlies. And how there actually is a war over sound. There actually is a war when you come into this environment for you to dislike what you're hearing. People will go to a NASCAR race, it's loud as can be. Literally, you can leave a NASCAR race without hearing protection and have hearing damage for the rest of your life. I've never heard anybody leaving there. I've heard people go, that was loud. But I've never heard anybody going, that was so loud, I'm never watching it again. I am never going to a race again. They need to fix those mufflers so I can come back. Never heard that. Why have you never heard that? Because there's not that spiritual reality going on at NASCAR. There's not that spiritual reality going on at a football game. So I'm not beating up on, I'm not going to beat up on people and say, you do this and then you give God. No, 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 that's stupid. That, that's, that's mean. That's, that's, everybody can point out problems. That's, that's irresponsible. We're not trying to point out problems. I'm trying to show you that there's a war. So you actually can step into an environment where the enemy is trying to stop something that's going on. So what's he do? Starts to immediately get you going on the sound. Why? Because we've been taught that the, a sound can actually discombobulate the enemy. It can confuse the enemy. It can actually begin uh, to silence and still the enemy. So he fights it. Uh, some, dis some churches discourage the musicians from getting involved in prophetic worship. You'll say, well, why would, why would we do that? Because sometimes people really, 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 really like tight control. <laughs> oh, I know this. Oh, I know this. You know what people really like tight control over? Their grass. <laughs> Amen. I'll drink to that. <laughs> people like people like tight control over song selection and worship expression as a church as a church as a group of people we have to be a group of people that are committed to not just coming in and enjoying a moment or being critical about a moment with the lord but being people that say i'm going to we're going to pray over our musicians 
We're going to pray over our singers. We're going to pray over the people leading us. You say, well, Jared, well, Jared you know, you guys are supposed to do it for us. Well, um, yes and no. We are actually on the front lines. Why? Because Judah goes first. So whatever you feel in the atmosphere, we've been feeling it for a few hours because we've been here for a few hours before you. <laughs> right? So it's, it's critical, it's important for us to begin to pray over our musicians. Pray over our singers. That, that, that an atmosphere is set during those, those times for transformation. I laugh and I, I tell people, um, I say, you'll never understand unless you do it what it feels like to stand in front of 500 people who you are sure, you're certain, they hate you. <laughs> Doesn't matter that they talk to you in the back and they hug you. You see their faces and you just assume they hate you. <laughs> and I used, I used to tell people, you can leave, like, people come and say, I just didn't like that. And, I, and inside, I, didn't, I never said this, I didn't, I was good, I didn't do this. But I wanted to say, okay, it's awesome, you can leave worship tonight. And I'm gonna, in my head, I'm thinking, and I'm going to stand in the front, and I'm just going to go. <laughs> Lift your hands. <laughs> Sorry, whatever. <laughs> you guys have never been one of those people. <laughs> we're on the front lines, and what we're doing, we're actually doing, is we're actually seeking breakthrough in the second heaven. I, you said, Jared, why is that important? Because we learned in, in the, you got to go listen to sound in the heavens. It just, it'll change your life. We learned that we know how to get from first heaven to third heaven through worship and through prayer. We know how to do it really easy. We do that. We do it really good. But we get our brains beat out trying to get what we've gotten in the third, get what we have got in the third heaven and bring it back down and it gets held up in the second heaven. So, Jerry, why does it get held up? What, what do you mean it gets held up? David prayed. Or, I'm sorry, Daniel prayed. He wasn't setting out to try and do a 21-day fast to start something so that we could, you know, eat just little bits for 21 days. He, he was actually setting out for the Lord, and whenever the, whenever the angel got there, he said, I, I came the moment you prayed, but I was held up by the prince of Persia. So I couldn't get here until now. So we're accessing those moments and not always able to get those things back because they're being, they're being held up in the second heaven. Second heaven is what? It's the firmament. It's the air. He's the prince of the power of the... God creates everything and blesses it except what? The firmament. Why? It's Satan's domain. It's his territory. You're looking at me like a calf looking at a new gate. It's awesome. <laughs> no problem. You got to listen to sound in the heavens. So you're, a lot of times, what's going on in the environment, you feel something, you're receiving something from Apostle Ray, you're receiving something from, um, from Dina, from the, uh, something prophetically going on, you're receiving from the worship, and when you leave here, you don't feel like you really got away from here with it. You felt it while you're here, but you didn't take it with you. Why? Because things get held up there in the second heaven. Too much? So that's why it's, we're actually doing battle as worshipers. We're doing battle in that territory. 
I, 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 I grabbed on this earlier, but the story uh, of, of Saul being, being turned into a new man, I want to say this, that there, that there are minstrels and there, there are psalmists, there are people who are going to be carrying a prophetic gift that is going to be vital in this hour. It's vital that I don't just sing songs. It's vital that I have a prophetic gifting to hear and I sing from that place and that there's something actually on what I sing. We, we have to have these atmospheres because in this atmosphere, that's where the Father's heart is unlocked. Amen? Worship, prayer, and glory are the power pillars. Combining these three releases a supernatural atmosphere. A supernatural atmosphere that builds faith for the impossible. For a few years, my, my journey was on the renewed mind. And in that, one of, the, one of the statements I love that Bill Johnson says, he says, how do you know when your mind's renewed? Your mind is renewed when the impossible seems logical. Your mind is renewed when the impossible seems logical. So as we're, as we're ministering in, from a prophetic uh, gifting we're creating an atmosphere that builds faith for the impossible. It builds faith in you to where you actually believe that you can have everything that God said you can have. It builds faith in you that your sons and your daughters are going to be saved. I'll say this story. I'm moving quickly. Uh, Damon Thompson, uh, he, was, he was preaching in California, and he said there was this big church, and he told this story of this uh, husband and wife who were sitting in the back, and they were believing for a son to be saved, and worship's going on, and as worship's going on, he releases a prophetic word that God's saying for people to take laps for their children. So these people are older, uh, he didn't say how old, but he said they were, they were older to where they, you could, they, they weren't jogging every day. He said, but, but the, 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 the wife grabbed a hold of her husband's hand and said, come on. Because they had a set. And they took off, and it's a big place like this. And as they're going around, there's lots of people. So, you know, they're just, and they're believing, right? Son doesn't go to church. What's nothing to do with God? By the time they circle the thing and get back to where they are, their son is actually sitting in their seat. Yeah. Amen. What happened? Worship, prophetic worship's going on. Something was released. It created faith for impossible. So then they began to run, believing for the impossible. And when they got back to their seat, impossible was in their seat. That's good. You can say it this way. You can step into a dimension of heaven. You can step into a dimension from heaven. We said it last week. That we owe the world an encounter with God. I was talking to some students last week. Uh, from a school around here. And um, I told them that we are to live every day. As though we have stepped out of one realm into another realm. And as we're in that realm, 
we're advancing the king from the realm from where we just came. We're to live every day as though we've stepped out of one realm into another realm to release the king's domain into the realm that we're now in. What are we doing? It's a dimension of heaven we live in and we release here. Consider this scene from heaven. Revelation 4, 8 through 11 says the four living creatures, each having six wings, were full of eyes around and within. And they do not rest day or night, saying, Holy, 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 Lord God Almighty, who was and is and is to come. Whenever the living creatures give glory and honor and thanks to him who sits on the throne, who lives forever and ever, the 24 elders fall down before him who sits on the throne of worship, who lives forever and ever, and cast their crowns before the throne, saying, You are worthy, O Lord. To receive glory and honor and power. For you created all things. And by your will they exist. And were created. We were doing a, we were doing a, a worship conference in, in Chattanooga. And Eddie was supposed to teach the daytime session. And he woke up. Sort of. And he said, Jared, go teach that session. <laughs> and as you know, a good son does, I say, okay. Because he taught us. It, people, do you like to be told when you're about to minister? You guys like it? People that minister, you like it? Do you like it? No? Not rhetorical? You like it? Do you? Okay, great. Um, <laughs> most humans like to be told when they're going to stand in front of a group of people and talk to a group of people about something. You guys don't. You're just awesome. You're fine. You're good. But the way Eddie did it, was we'd be dancing, we'd be singing, we would do, you know, it's just, oh, free, you know, you know, we're going on. And he loved to do this. He loved to turn around in the bridge. And he'd look at me, and he'd say, you're preaching after this song. You know when I heard that I was preaching after that song? You know when I found out about that? Three seconds after he told me. And when he said you're preaching, he didn't mean start on, you know, and, and build. and get, No, he meant start on 10, intro something, build your points, bring it to a close, and have power at the altar. Well, you guys scared? I mean, are you, I mean, are you afraid? Like, it's okay. I'm not going to do that to you. I'm not going to throw the mic at you and say, you, glory, go. I'm not gonna, <laughs> we're not going to do that. <laughs> <laughs> but he had told me to go preach, you know, go teach this. And I taught from this passage of scripture. And what I think is profound about this is it says this. Whenever the living creatures give glory and honor and thanks to him who sits on the throne. Whenever the worshipers and the singers and the musicians begin to give glory and honor and thanks to him who sits on the throne, who lives forever and ever. Then, the 20 and 4 elders fall down and begin to worship the one 
who sits on the throne, who lives forever and ever. And they cast their crowns before the throne, saying, You are worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power, for you created all things, and by your will they exist and they were created. How did they get there? They got there because somebody led them in worship. This is a picture, and this scene is what's going on in heaven. This verse reveals a powerful picture of what's happening day and night. Always going on. Why? Remember, I said at the very beginning of the service, because you can't find him out. You can't figure him out. You can't, you can't, get, your, you can't get your arms around the foothill of his mountain. He's beyond finding out. With every revelation, I'm sorry, with every revolution that these living creatures with eyes all over their body, with every revolution that they make around the throne, they get a new revelation of who they're looking at. It is scriptural for us to believe for this on earth. Why? Jared, prove it. All right, awesome. Matthew 6, verse 10. Your kingdom come, your will be done on, on as it is in heaven. What's going on in heaven? Worship's going on in heaven, 24-7, adoring him. Your kingdom come, your will be done on as it is in. We can believe for this here. This is a declaration that, it, that this should manifest heaven on earth. We're ambassadors of heaven. As ambassadors of heaven, we're charged to bring the atmosphere of the throne room to earth. We are to bring the atmosphere of the throne room to earth. I just said that with my illustration of, that's, the, you know, that's, my, that's, my, that's my we're stepping into a new realm thing there. Um, anyway, okay, great. <laughs> one, of the primary Hebrew, one, one of the primary Hebrew words for glory is the word kabod. This word literally means weight. W-E-I-G-H-T very last thing I said to you last week before we made it rain in, the, in here was that the weight is in the weight. I told you that I've been in, in incredible, powerful things where people would say, you've got to wait on the Lord, wait on the Lord. And they're like, it, it takes an hour, an hour and a half to be ready to get into his presence. And what I have actually found is when there's a group of people that are hungry and are hungry and going after it and they're ready for it, they are, they are desiring it, they are cultivating an atmosphere, they are cultivating, they are, they're allowing a culture to, to, to cultivate an atmosphere that I have found that it's normally in the first song, a bomb goes off, his glory rests, and we get to just do what he wants the rest of the time. I wrote this down. Learning and growing in the glory. There are things that you cannot comprehend, musicians. There are things that you cannot do with your fingers, singers. There are things you cannot do with your voice. If you'll get into the glory, you can learn how to do it, and supernatural things will actually begin to empower you. And what's awesome about God is the things that he gives you, he doesn't take away. You can leave an atmosphere of his glory and do things you've never done, and you don't know how you can do them. And the next time, you're still able to do it. Why? Because he doesn't take it away. <laughs> that, you, you, you missed 
a really good opportunity right there. That's exciting. That's why, that's why I want rehearsals to be full of the glory of God. That's why we want our services to be full of the glory of God. Because if you learn in the glory, you'll retain what you learned in the glory. Maybe that hits me more than it hits you. Or maybe you're really grabbing a hold of that. When we press into prophetic prayer and worship, the glory of heaven overwhelms the natural. You have to pick which reality you want to live in. You have to pick. You're either going to live your life in this reality from earth to heaven, or you're going to live your life in that reality from heaven to earth. You will either see things as impossibilities that hopefully God will break in on, or you will see things as impossibilities that are powerful moments for God to display how impossible, I'm sorry, how nothing is impossible. You have to choose. The kingdom, when we press into prophetic prayer and and to worship, uh, the kingdom can burst forth with power. And with authority. In this atmosphere of glory, bondages will melt like wax. You don't have to, you don't have to try and 12-step somebody out of addiction if you'll get them in the glory consistently. I love programs. That's, that's a lie. Um, I'm not a big fan of programs. I love the heart of people who want to push programs forward. Okay? I'm not a very good program person. I am a very good glory person. Because no program set me free from cocaine addiction. All I did was get in the glory of God and stay there and get in there often. And my nature changed. When you get into the glory, bondages will melt like wax. The fear of man, the fear of man that's crippling, it gets removed. Whenever you're in the glory of God. You're not so concerned as what your worship looks like. Or is that too much? Because in the glory, the fear of man gets melted away from you. And you can begin to express and and to engage with the Father. What's going on in a moment? Isaiah 66 says, thus says the Lord. Heaven is my throne and earth is, the earth is my footstool. Where is the house that you will build me? And where is this place of my rest? God's throne is the seat of government, authority, and power. The Father will establish the majesty of heaven to mirror upon earth. I wrote a note here, and I put, I put Jeremy Riddle out from it. I was always taught that spiritual authority was your leaders, and you do what your spiritual authority is told. You get saved, we're giving you Watchman Nee's book. <laughs> we're giving you a tale of three kings. And you're going to endure hardship as a good soldier, and listen to your spiritual authority who are watchmen over your souls. seriously and I heard Jeremy Riddle talking about spiritual authority and I almost turned it off because I was like 
right? <laughs> but he started to talk about spiritual authority, and it had nothing to do with, with, with you serving a man or a woman really well. So he caught my attention. I'm like, oh, I've never heard this. Never heard this. And he started talking about how we have to be ones who carry spiritual authority. I can say it this way. We have to be musicians and we have to be singers who step into environments that are hostile. Environments out. You know, when we go out on the street and we begin to declare things, that's not going to be our home when we get there. Things aren't going to feel out there like they feel in here. We're going to actually come into to strongholds, and I'm super excited to hear about the strongholds and principalities and powers and how we engage them. But we're going to step into those environments, and we can't just sing songs. We have to be people who carry something. Carry what? Spiritual authority. Authority in the spirit. To begin to declare things that shift things and actually silence and stop what the enemy's doing. Never forget, never forget being in a conference in, 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 in Atlanta and things were just going on. It was just like, oh, this is chaotic. You ever been in one of those? There's an incredible thing going on, but it's like the people are just, they can't, they can't focus. And I got up and I released a word, and I spoke, and I didn't even know what I was saying. It didn't sound right. I never said it before. Went for it. <laughs> and I said, I speak to the running man's spirit that's running around this place and putting people into a place of law, and I command you to stop in the name of Jesus. And it was like that proverbial pin drop. And it was, it, was, it, was, it was though people were seeing through a glass dimly, but now they were able to see face to face. Is there something special? No, 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 nothing special other than the fact that I'm God's favorite. You're God's favorite too. But I released something with spiritual authority that stopped something in the environment to where people could actually receive from what was going on. That this, this, is, this is what prophetic worship does. This is what we're going to be releasing. Remember, you got to remember this. The throne room is filled with sounds of adoration. Catherine Mullins, uh, she's a worshiper. She's actually at the ramp. Uh, she, she became very popular at the Lakeland Revival. Uh, she says, God responds to the praises of his people. We praise him and he fights for us. You know you're not that tough. You know, there's fights you can't win by yourself. We learned about a big one a few months ago in Leviathan. You can't tackle that sucker by yourself. You'll lose. You can't go after that one. It, it, it twists too much. It, it twists words. It pulls things. It'll roll with you. It'll take something that was said one way and pull you another direction, pull you under and drag you in and consume you. You can't do that thing by yourself. But when we praise him, he fights for us. The rise of new songs pushed back the darkness and released the powerful victory of heaven. People are supernaturally healed in this environment. People are supernaturally set free. I'll say it this way. People get changed in a moment of glory when, when prophetic worship's going on and nobody has to lay hands on them. That's the moments whenever the songs 
in the, in the hymnal begin to take life. And you can see where somebody wrote something in that song that says, He touched me. He touched me. Nobody's around you, but something touched you. Woo! I got to be careful. I go, I go there. I go there. I start to feel that. Anybody ever been touched? Come on, man. Anybody ever been touched? Anybody ever been in a moment and you did, nobody touched you, but he touched you? Ah, he touched you. And, and you, you, you can't explain it. You can't, you, you can't, people ask you what happened and you can't stop crying. All you know is he touched you. Whoo. You feel that? You feel that? I think some of you right now are remembering when he touched you. He touched you. This is what happens when, when these environments get set. Uh, Roma Waterman, uh, she, in, in her book, Releasing Heaven's Song, Singing Over Your Nation for Breakthrough and Revival, she said, a new sound is powerful because it does so many things at the same time. It can be spontaneous, yet it can also be construct, a constructed song. Both have been inspired from the Holy Spirit. It is a sound that can be fresh and exciting, but at the same time can also sound familiar and sound like home. It can, be, it can be a song written and released for the right moment in time, yet be sung a hundred years later, much like some of the songs that Charles or John Wesley wrote, which are still relevant and fresh. I think we actually just talked about, I, and I, I, I used to make fun of he touched me. I'd say, well, tell him to stop. <laughs> but I could feel something on that, something that was written years and years and years ago. Powerful. I'm going to say this and end here, and I want us to. I want. I want to set it out. Can, can Leah? Can you come to the, the the piano? Rob, everybody, get back up here, please, if you can. Second Kings, chapter three, starting with verses, starting with verse fifteen through seventeen, says, "But now bring me a musician." Then it happened, when the musician played, that the hand of the Lord came upon him. And he said, thus says the Lord, make this valley full of ditches, for thus says the Lord, you shall not see wind, nor shall you see rain, yet that valley shall be filled with water, so that you, your cattle, and your animals may drink. I want to, I want to, I want to, I want to, to put on this thing. It says, but when it happened, when the musician played, that the hand of the Lord came upon him. And he said, and I saw this picture, stay with me. I saw this picture of the musician playing, and I just see Apostle Ray, okay? And we're, we're do, I want to give you a picture, I'm visual. Hey, we're worshiping, we're setting an atmosphere, prophetic worship, and I saw a picture like this. As we're doing that, as we're setting that environment, we're engaging in prophetic worship that the hand of the Lord comes upon him and then the next part of the verse says and he said what, 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 are, you, what are you saying here that as we do that as we set an atmosphere that I actually believe it actually sets a moment for while we're worshiping whoever uh, Apostle Ray, Dina, Nevin uh, Gail, uh, uh, Pastor, Pastor Michael Charity, anybody who, whoever, whoever speak that in that moment it can create an atmosphere for the hand of the Lord to rest on them the hand of the Lord, please don't hear me wrong. I'm not saying the hand of the Lord's not on them all the time. In that moment that the grace of God, the hand of the Lord will rest on them and then they can say. 
I can tell you as a traveling minister, it's much better whenever the worship team sets an environment and begins to break things because you actually can feel the hand of the Lord rest on you and then you can say. It's much, much more difficult whenever you get up there and you have to break everything by yourself. Revival hubs with, with, with a menstrual anointing are rising. They will help open the way for the prophetic over a region. Raw prophetic worship releases glory, power, and demonstration. Yet, our planning and preparation should also be to usher in God's presence. That everything that we're doing, as we're wanting to be a people that are spontaneous and flowing, as we plan, as we prepare, that everything that we're doing is to usher in God's presence. This sound of emerging move is one that is authentic, sincere, and refresh, refreshingly prophetic. There's a generation of Davids arising. They're dripping with, his, with oil of his presence. They're ones that are, that are going to be able to bring fresh oil and release something that, that eyes not seen and ears not heard. And it's going to shatter things in a region. We have about four minutes. Can you stand to your feet? I'm going to switch back to my mic. I'm going to lay this mic here. And here's what I want to do. I don't know if we're in the key of C or not. We're going to begin to sing. And as we begin to sing, I want to activate some things. How many of you were at the prophetic conference? I want you to begin to ask the Holy Spirit, what are you saying? It's not so much about singing the song, although you can sing the song. I want you to begin to ask the Holy Spirit. What are you saying? What are you doing? Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come quickly. Your will be done. The same on the earth as it is in heaven, let heaven come to earth as it is.
pictures how many begin to hear words it may not have been for now it may not have been something that needs to go out in this moment how many you begin to do that come on lift your hands lift your hands it's incredibly powerful to pay attention to the times when Jesus they talk about the things that Jesus said and did 
that we not just be a people that say, but we do. I wanted to go into this song in this moment because I wanted us to talk about what prophetic worship will do, and then I wanted us to do it. How many of you began to hear something that you weren't hearing a few minutes before we began to sing? Put your hand. If you, you, you began to, how many of you got it while worship was going on? Why is this? This is an environment that we create. By the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, we want to tap into what's on his heart. Tap into what he's saying. And then it begins to allow giftings to start to operate. It begins to allow the prophetic spirit to begin to operate. So we can hear. So we can hear. It silences the voice of the enemy. I want to pray over you, and, and, and we're going to let you go. Can you just lift your hands? Father, I just release more. I release more. More, God. More wisdom. More insight. More revelation. More understanding. God, we ask for an increase in the prophetic giftings in this house. We ask for an increase in the prophetic unctions, God. We ask for an increase for words of knowledge. We ask for it, God. We want to be a people who follow the cloud. We want to be a people who are led by the fire. Father, we want to be an apostolic hub. We want to be a revival hub. I picked the song the last two weeks to end the service. And I know you may not know it. Last week, I didn't know it. Tuesday night, I was listening to worship and preparing. And I listened to the words. Tim, can you throw up the bridge to fullness? Tongues of fire, testifying of the Son. One desire, Spirit come, Spirit come. Next words, speak revival. Speak revival. Next line, prophesy like it is done. I picked this song on purpose two weeks in a row. Because I felt like it tapped into the heart of what prophetic worship is. It is. It's tongues of fire who are testifying of the Son, giving glory and honor and adoration. With one desire, prophetic worship, to do what? Simply play and sing and minister under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. That we in that atmosphere speak revival. And we're prophesying like it's done. With that one desire of us what are we a community of believers that want to be a spirit led led by the spirit of almighty god amen